All right, well, I'm going to pull this off today. I'm going to tie the NHL to the Pac-12. Just watch. You are Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked on Pac-12. I am your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day, and your number one source to stay up to date with our media rights free and beloved Conference of Champions. Please like, comment, subscribe, rate, review wherever you listen to or watch this show, which today is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash college, and when you enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE, they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Plenty to get to today. Lots of realignment stuff happening, speculation to make here and there. That's our favorite thing to do here on the show nowadays. But we start with the NHL. Who just won the Stanley Cup? Yeah, this is the Las Vegas Golden Knights. I do not claim to be a big hockey fan because I am not. I have never been to a hockey game in person. I have heard they are fun. It is not my forte. I never had a team. I never played. I don't skate. That's okay. If you like hockey and that's your thing, great. More power to you. And congratulations to the Las Vegas Golden Knights. What was the first term I just said after the word congratulations? Were you paying attention? Congratulations, I guess it was two and the, Las Vegas Golden Knights. That's what we're talking about today because the Golden Knights began existing as a franchise in 2017, I believe. They are not an old team. They reached the Stanley Cup Finals in their first year of existence. They have now won the Stanley Cup Finals. They haven't even been around for a decade. I am a Seattle Mariners fan. My team has never, ever, one single solitary time in their 46, 47 years of existence since 1977, they've never been to the World Series. They haven't even gotten there. Vegas has already been twice, and they have now won it once. And this made me think about Sin City itself, a place that I have frequented many a times. I live not far from there. I happen to enjoy it, and I bring this up today and tie it to the Pac-12 because this is just kind of the latest example of how the city of Las Vegas feels like a place where you really want to be in the sports and entertainment world. It's already known as the entertainment capital of the world, but it continues to evolve. It continues to grow as a sports city. And I don't think that it's done. So going forward in the realignment landscape, I don't think there's anything definitive that will happen in this go-round. But as we kind of move into the future, once hopefully this Pac-12 media deal gets resolved quickly and we announce the expansion teams, which I'm talking about later in the show, San Diego State and SMU, another thought on that, or a couple more actually. Once all of that happens, the move will immediately be what's next. Where do we go from here? Do we add this school? Do we add that school? Could we add this team? Do we add that team? What teams do we need to be watching on a year-to-year basis in football and men's basketball? Ooh, they could be an expansion team. Oh, they could be valuable. Look at them. They've won two conference championships in a row. This is what I expect to continue to be the case. 
because I don't think this realignment stuff is slowing down anytime soon until we inevitably, perhaps one day, I don't know when, get to two conferences, right? Where we just have two mega conferences. Hopefully everybody that's currently in the Power Five is involved in that, but that's a discussion for another day. Right now, I just keep looking at Las Vegas and say, okay, they have the NHL champions, which is not inherently making them valuable, right? I mean, the Toronto Raptors won the NBA championship a few years ago. It doesn't mean that there's going to be a Power 5 athletics university up in Toronto soon or somewhere in Canada. Though it's kind of interesting, isn't it? It's kind of interesting. It's not like they don't have football out th- up there. They have the Canadian Football League. They play basketball. They play the other Olympic sports, the non-revenue sports that you have at university. I'm just saying it's kind of interesting. All right, anyway. So UNLV is the school in Las Vegas that is a bunch of untapped potential, to be sure, as I'll get to in a moment. But I just keep looking at the city of Las Vegas and say, is the Pac-12 never going to have even more of a presence there? They play their championship games there. They play their championship tournaments there, right, for football and men's and women's basketball. It's all done in Las Vegas. So there's that logical component. And, and then there's the long-term game. And I talked about this a lot on yesterday's show about the short-term and long-term value that a group of five school can actually bring to a conference in the eyes of the university presidents and in the eyes of fans, in the eyes of athletic directors and everybody like that. If you're thinking about long-term plays, is there one that feels like it has more upside right now than Las Vegas? Not really. And when I say long-term play, I'm not looking at, you know, an already big city like San Diego or Dallas that could, you know, have a school in that area grow into something really, really good in the future. I'm looking at a buy low, not sell high, but enjoy it while it's high sort of city like Las Vegas, a place that is churning out NHL champions. I thought that was Canada's thing. Yeah, take that, Canada. We won it again. Look at me, I've been a hockey fan for five minutes and I'm already talking smack to the Canadians. But you've got the NHL champions there. It didn't take long for that to succeed. Expansion teams, it can be really, really tricky. You know another place where an expansion hockey team is succeeding? Seattle with the Kraken. They won a playoff series this year. Again, something as a Mariners fan, I look at and go, how in the world can everybody else do the show quickly and we took 21 years of my life to get it done? Okay, anyway, I'm not here to go on a Mariners rant, though I certainly could, as you can probably tell. The Pac-12 is already in Seattle. The NBA should be in Seattle. Major League Baseball, the NFL are in Seattle already. It's a place that you want to be, where you can get support, where you can get money, where you can get attention, where things can feel big, where they can succeed. All of this factors into places where you would like to be as a conference or as or as a league. So think about the, the product that Las Vegas is as a sports town at this point in time. They now have an NHL champion. They have a newly installed NFL team who have an awesome stadium, make a bunch of money because it's the NFL. They're not winning yet, but that's because they don't have the right ownership in place. And boy, if that isn't comparable to UNLV, I don't know what is. They've got a WNBA team there. There have been talks 
of getting an NBA expansion team to Las Vegas. Hmm. And, oh, by the way, we've all seen the concept art for Major League Baseball putting the A's in Las Vegas, right? So all of this groundswell of support, momentum, energy, excitement, opportunity just kind of begs the question of how long Las Vegas in the college sports sphere, where we are seeing a solid number of recruits come out of that area, places like Bishop Gorman or Liberty High School generate quality high school or quality power five talent year in and year out all over the country in a variety of sports and mid-major talent or G5 talent for football as well. So when you consider that it's trending up in recruiting, it's trending up for adding sports, it's already a city that never sleeps. It's already the entertainment capital of the world. I just wonder, I'm not saying UNLV is going to get added in this round of realignment. What I am saying is that if you're talking about places to keep your eye on, Las Vegas has to be one of them because it just feels like the value of it is going up and up and up. Now, right now, it's the number 40 media market in the country, according to Nielsen, which is the most reliable or at least the biggest brand that I know of uh, a ratings company in the United States. It's the number 40 media market. It's behind such places as West Palm, Fort Pierce. Uh, or West Palm Beach and Fort Pierce in Florida, Milwaukee, Cincinnati, Kansas City, Columbus, Ohio, San Antonio, San Diego's up there at number 30, Salt Lake City is at number 29. So it's not as if they're in that sort of space now, but think about what they could be in the long run and then ask yourself, boy, does it feel like you're going to keep Las Vegas out of the college realignment space forever? It feels to me like that answer is no. I don't know what the timeline is. I don't know what they would have to do to get a Pac-12 offer necessarily because they haven't been good as, as we will talk about. And we'll get to San Diego State and SMU as well. This summer, we're all going to get to the point where we need to put on our bird dog shorts because they are tremendously versatile. You can take them anywhere and everywhere that you're going, okay, no, you can't take them to a country club that's pants only because they're shorts. Bird dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a sculpted look. They make you look good. They make you feel good. They do the exact same thing bird dog shorts do as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They don't have a restricting cotton like regular shorts. You can take them swimming. You can take them on a hike. You can take them on a jog. You can take them on a walk. You can take them to the beach. You can take them anywhere you want. Backyard, cookout, golf course, date, whatever. Bird Dog Shorts can get you there. Go get yours at birddogs.com slash college. Enter promo code LockedOnCollege for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash college for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off this summer, we promise you. So go get your next order today. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. There it is. All you everydayers know, that's the second segment sip. That means we're locked and loaded and ready to keep things going. So 
for for Las Vegas, they have so many appealing elements, and the momentum there is so strong. They're the number 40 media market now, but if you're the Pac-12, and I can already hear the YouTube commenters or somebody sending me a message on Twitter, which I'm always here for, right? As long as you're kind and respectful, you don't have to agree with me. I enjoy going back and forth with all of you truly every day. It's it's really, really fun. Yesterday, my Twitter account was popping. My goodness, we got on a, a San Diego State, SMU, Boise State, Tulane kind of Twitter thread, and my mentions were popping off all day. I love that sort of stuff. But I can already see the people out there saying, well, you know, Las Vegas, UNLV, they haven't been any good, you know, and they're, I mean, you just, you can't do that. I'm aware. We're... We're all aware. It has been a struggle for them in a big, big way. They've had just one winning season on the football field in the Mountain West since 2010. They've had just two this century. It has not been good. Barry Odom has got a tall task ahead of him to try and build that program into a winner. Now, their basketball team, once upon a time, was quite legendary, the running running Rebels under the late Jerry Tarkanian. But you just have to wonder whether or not they could ever get to that point. Because you look around at the sports success, granted, it's at the professional ranks, but you look at the success that other teams are having there, financially and on the field, or the ice in the case of the Vegas Golden Knights, and just I, I just wonder if you don't look at it and go, yeah, it's a place we don't want to get left out of. You, you got recruits coming out of there. You got uh, the, the Pac-12 championship game and tournaments being played there. It, it all just feels like something to keep an eye on. Now, what would they need to do? They'd need to do a lot, maybe. M- maybe they would need to do a lot because – once upon a time, Maryland and Rutgers got added to the uh, the Big Ten. I haven't seen them do anything notable in football since joining. I don't remember them doing anything notable in football. I think Rutgers pulled an upset of a number one team a long, long time ago that was on the 2000-2010 uh, college football images of the decade. But, I mean, other than that, what have they ever done? They still added them. Because they wanted the geography. And I wonder if they don't look at Vegas and say, this is what it is now. It's the number 40 media market right now. But is it going to go up in the future? Are we going to see more and more people go there? Is it going to be more attractive? Anyway, so I had that thought, wanted to talk about that. Because somebody pointed that out and I thought it was interesting. So let's get to San Diego State and SMU. Our favorite non-yet Pac-12 members that... I hope will be Pac-12 members, but aren't Pac-12 members, but could be, but and should be. They could have been already, and yet they are not. So the question is why? So this question came from Daniel on Twitter. And again, you can always hop in the mailbag. I am incredibly responsive. I try to be because I appreciate you all supporting the show so much. And when you send me a question, I dive into it. I do some digging, ask a couple of people who might know, come and give you the best answer I can here on the show. YouTube comments or hit me up on Twitter at Smalls underscore 55 or at LO underscore Pac-12. This from Daniel. Love your coverage. Thank you. I listen every morning. He's an everydayer. Look at that. My man. Question for you on the deadline for my Aztecs. As a last resort, is there a world where the Pac sends SDSU an invite before finishing the media deal? Just a sort of handshake agreement with a range of what they expect financially. So, I suspect that this handshake agreement already exists 
it is just not something they're going public with. Now, this is, a, this is a really interesting question to try and answer, and I'm going to do my best to come up with possible explanations, but I'll be very upfront with all of you, as I always try to be. I do not have the inside track on why this is the case, but I think that these are some plausible reasons. The fundamental question Daniel's asking here is, could they, announce, could they invite them before June 30th and then have the media deal be announced in sometime in July. Yes, tactically, rules-wise, bylaws, that could all happen. The next logical question, which is what I'm always thinking about, I'm a sportscaster, that's kind of how my brain works. I'm always asking the next question because that's generally how interviews go. The logical next question is if that is possible, which it is, why haven't they invited them already? And that is a great question that I don't have the specific answer to. Now, one reason I think is that if the Pac-12 knows, right, George Klyovkov has met with both of these schools. There's been regular contact, or at least there was over a certain point in time. There was the headline way back when of Klyovkov coming uh, from, from Dallas after meeting with SMU, the San Diego State you know, interplay between uh, themselves and the Pac-12 has been pretty open and well-documented at this point in time. All of that stuff is, is pretty, pretty clear. So then the question is, well, why didn't they do that? I think one possible explanation is they know that they're going to add San Diego State and SMU, but they don't know what the details of the media rights deal are. So if you're George Klyovkov and you're trying to work to get the best media rights deal possible and fend off maybe Arizona and Colorado leaving or fend off, you know, bombs or grenades being hurled at your conference, I think was the language he used once upon a time with regards to Brett Yormark over in the Big 12, then you might not need to worry about going through, making the announcement, getting the paperwork started, finalizing the process of adding those schools when you're trying to figure out your media deal, because in your view, and I think this is kind of logical, it's not the best use of your time. Because you know that those are the schools you want to add. You know that both are going to say yes. So if that's the case, then what do you need to announce them for? I see that side. I also see and very much feel, given my job here, the other side of it, which is the Pac-12 conference has had no positive momentum at all in the last, I don't know, we're coming up on a year. Gosh, I remember that day so vividly. I think it was like June 29th, July 1st, something like that. I remember exactly where I was. I was right here in this very office. And I first read the headline from Dennis Dodd, USC and UCLA are leaving for the Big Ten. Let me tell you, I did not leave my computer for about six hours. I sat there and I was just reading news. I was talking to people. I was putting together podcasts. I was reading reports. I just sat there. It was a complete and total blur. What a time to be alive that was. And we're still here trying to figure out how exactly the Pac-12 is going to proceed. But if all your efforts are going into you know, what's the, what the media deal is going to be, and you know that San Diego State and SMU are going to join, then you don't need to go through with the PR campaign of that, right? There's a lot of coordination that goes into a major conference realignment announcement such as that. It's not just, um, hi, so-and-so reporter that I like, John Canzano, for, in for instance. Um, we're going to add San Diego State and SMU. Do whatever you want with that. Okay, bye. 
Believe it or not, it's slightly more complicated than that. Like in Ocean's Eleven, when Linus is sitting there and they're, you know, hearing the plan from uh, from Danny, and he says, smash and grab job, huh? Rusty turns to him, slightly more complicated than that. That's exactly what it's like to announce that you are adding new schools to the conference. There are formalized processes that have to take place amongst presidents, amongst the, the in, in the universities, and they've got to tie and all that sort of stuff. So I think that's one possible explanation. Here's another one. And I've, and I've got I've got two more. I got this one and then one more. The other possible explanation is San Diego State and SMU are playing a bigger role than we think in the media rights negotiations and trying to understand what their valuation is to the contract and the presence of, you know, Dallas Fort Worth and San Diego are altering how a pitch is being made by the Pac-12 or the dollar figures being proposed and whatnot, and that that back and forth is holding all is part of what's holding all of this sort of stuff up. And as the Pac-12 has seemingly had you know potential bidders come and go in their negotiations, that could be a potential complicating factor. You know, if Amazon was at one point the lead streamer. Well, they needed to understand what's the value of San Diego State and SMU. But then if they pulled out and Apple emerged or, you know, any of these other uh, potential companies that we've referenced, I don't know how many times within the last six months here on the show, then they might want to look at like, oh, okay, let us do our research on San Diego State and, and SMU and all that sort of stuff when you're, fa- when you're focusing on the media deal could be a complicating factor. Again, that's speculative. I don't get the sense that that is, you know, part of what's holding up them uh, announcing it here. But I, I do think, I, th- I think the first part is the most likely. I think that one is possible, but not super likely. Here's the least likely one that I would love, absolutely love to be the case. What if the Pac-12 isn't announcing San Diego State and SMU as additions, even though they've had all this time to do so? And this is just Spencer Brain. I've got too much time to sit around and think about this sort of stuff. But hey, that's what we're doing here. And so far, it's going pretty well. I see the numbers on YouTube and on podcasts. I appreciate you all. And I know that at least at some level, you're enjoying this sort of stuff. And you know what? So am I. What if it? What if the other reason they haven't announced San Diego State and SMU as future Pac-12 teams as part of expansion and realignment and you know part of the new deal and such is because somehow some way George Klyovkov is going to pull a rabbit out of the hat and he's got an ace up his sleeve and other magical magician related analogies and such what if he is doing that and there's a move or a component to realignment in the media deal that nobody sees coming that he wants to have catch everybody by surprise it's just a thought. Is it a likely thought? No. I would put it at the least likely of those three plausible-ish explanations as to why San Diego State and SMU have not been announced if they're clearly the top two candidates. But much like you know the possibility of the Pac-12 actually beating the Big 12 in their media rights distribution per school, I can't entirely rule it out because I haven't seen what's happened yet. And it's not like it's so outlandishly ridiculous. It's not as if I'm, you know, come on in here predicting the Pac-12 is going to beat the Big Ten media deal. Like, no, nobody's, no, nobody's saying that within reason. So it's not impossible. It's not likely. 
but I think it's one of those factors, most likely the first one, which is they're just focusing on the deal and they know they can invite those schools at any point in time prior to June 30th for San Diego State, of course, because then the exit fee goes from 17 to $34 million from the Mountain West. But SMU, that timeline doesn't matter. And at that point, they just want to focus on, okay, we need to exert all our efforts, all our personnel, all our time into getting the media deal done, getting the best deal possible, getting everybody on board, keeping the conference together and whatnot. So I think that that's the most likely Maybe there's you know some calculations going on, the meteorites deal that are making it take longer. And then the third thing, maybe he's got an ace up his sleeve. So those are potential explanations there. But remember to answer your original question, Daniel. If the Pac-12 meteorites deal is not done by June 30th, they can formally extend the offer to San Diego State. They can accept, and then they can go about you know, negotiating the media rights deal from there, because that's what all the other conferences have done, which is one thing that makes it kind of confusing to me. It's like, why do they do it this way, and why are we doing it this way? Probably because we're the Pac-12, that's why. But that, that's what I... That's what I that's what I would watch for is if June 30th comes and there's no media deal, do they extend an offer? And if that doesn't happen, I won't be happy. Anyway, great question. Uh, this one from Charles. If Colorado leaves the Pac-12, unlikely, but technically possible, what does that do for or to SMU? Would Colorado State leapfrog SMU for purposes of Pac-12 backfill expansion? Would SMU get squeezed out of Pac-12 expansion Absent further departures from the Pac-12, Arizona and Arizona State, what about Tulane? Or is Pac-12 expanding by two, regardless if there is further attrition out of the Pac-12? Thus, Colorado State edition would be a third edition to replace Colorado along with San Diego State and SMU. So this is an interesting question. And you you all know, I do not think it's likely that the Pac-12 media deal is so bad that Colorado and or Arizona end up leaving. And we know that Arizona State and Utah have really, really piped down uh, in in the realignment space because they're not interested in leaving. Ray Anderson, the athletic director for Arizona State, said as much on on a podcast the other day. But in terms of what Colorado leaving the the, the Pac-12, let's say let's say it's just Colorado, and so you're left with you know what is now the Pac-9, and you have San Diego State and SMU. That doesn't cause I don't, I don't think it changes the calculus is the short answer. I think what you would do if you're George Klyovkov in that scenario is if if just one school leaves, then you go down the list of options, of which I'm sure they have several, right? If I talk about this stuff every day, I can guarantee you the commissioner of the Pac-12 is thinking about this stuff all the time in terms of who they could want to add now, who they could want to add in the future, who's on the short list. Look at a school like UNLV, for instance. I know they don't have great football, but as I talked about earlier, a lot of appealing elements there. I think that would be the most likely outcome is if Colorado were to jump, but Arizona were to stay, yeah, they might look to Colorado State or maybe Air Force to, you know, keep the Colorado Denver market, which uh, according to Nielsen is a a pretty darn uh, good one. They're, They're the number 16 media market in the country. And the third best one that the Pac-12 has remaining behind, or the fourth best behind San Francisco, Phoenix, and Seattle. So I I think that that that's possible. They could look at Colorado State. You know, they don't have a rich football tradition, but they are, uh, as I understand it, a pretty good academic and cultural fit. I I need to dive into them further. But I, I think I talked about them long ago here 
on the show when we were evaluating expansion candidates uh, this this offseason. And I think Colorado State, yeah, it could work, but I'm not sure that, you know, Denver and the state of Colorado is is such a high, not that they don't like having Colorado, of course they do, it's why they added them, but I don't know that it's such a high priority for the Pac-12 where they'd say, oh my gosh, we have to have a presence in Colorado. You know, the Pac existed for a long, long time and succeeded for a long, long time without having a presence in Colorado. It's an added bonus, but I don't think it's necessarily a required feature of the league to succeed in the eyes of presidents and uh, and, and chancellors and, and George Klyovkov now as well, our commissioner. So I, I think it's different with Southern California, right? Like USC and UCLA leave. You have to get something in Southern California. And that is clearly going to be San Diego State. That is not the case with Colorado. I think they would assess what their what their options are at that time and who their expansion candidates can be, go down the list and figure out, okay, what's our best course of action here and not automatically jump to Colorado State just because they would, you know, be in the same location and they could, you know, recover part of the market, so to speak. I don't think that, that it's that sort of thing. So uh, what about Tulane? Tulane is... An interesting school, AAU institution, just won the Cotton Bowl. Watch them for the next round. I I think Tulane gets left out of realignment in this round. But in the next round, if the Pac-12 and Big 12 continue to exist and there isn't further major consolidation, I would definitely watch for for Tulane on that front. But I don't think any of this would affect San Diego State and SMU. I I think those are the Pac-12's top two options regardless. And, you know, potential further attrition, which, again, I don't find likely. But I also can't sit here and say, much like George Glavkoff pulling a rabbit out of the hat earlier, I can't say it's impossible or completely out of the realm of, you know, realistic scenarios that could come to fruition here. So I don't think it changes the calculus for San Diego State and SMU. I do think it would change it for other schools, though, like UNLV, like maybe Tulane, or would they go after, you know, go to the East Coast with South Florida, maybe, who just got AAU status, by the way, or go to Memphis, or any other of the, would they give a second look to Fresno or Boise State, which is what I would love to have happen, but clearly isn't going to happen, much to my chagrin, but uh, such is life. So I, I think that's that's kind of how that would play out, and they would go down and look at the candidates you know, that we've talked about regularly here on the show. Uh, real quick, before we get out of here today, I have to shout out Stanford Baseball. I don't know if you saw how they got to Omaha against Texas. Crazy game. They led 6-3 in the 7th. Texas comes back. Two outs, first and second, bottom of the ninth. Stanford is up, and it sucks for Texas because this is a crappy way to lose a baseball game. But with the Super Regional on the line and the Pac-12's potentially only berth to the College World Series, Stanford hits a towering fly ball to right center field, and it gets lost in the lights. It hits the ground, and Stanford wins. College baseball, man. What are you going to do? Crazy, crazy thing, but Stanford is the lone Pac-12 representative in in Omaha this year. Oregon got to a game three against Oral Roberts, but the Golden Eagles uh, got it done. Congrats to Oral Roberts. They're going for the first time since uh, 1960-something, I think. Um, But... Yeah, just the one Pac-12 team, so hopefully the Cardinal can uh, can go get it done this year and, and give the Pac national championship. Yeah, that'd be that'd be nice. That would be worthy of discussion here on the show. It's not football or basketball, but hey, it's it, it would be something. And good for Stanford for having a team there. All right, 
I think that's enough for today. Appreciate everyone listening. I will see you next time. Keep the questions coming in YouTube or on Twitter. And until next time, hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.